0: Thank you so much for checking out the Connect Church podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired by this week's sermon. So let's jump right in and check out this week's message. Amen. Church family, be seated. Merry Christmas to all of you. And oh, what a joy to be able to come together on a Christmas morning. The last time this happened was in 2016. I wasn't a pastor by then. And you were much younger back then. Just so you know, and so was I. And we're just so grateful that today, for a few minutes, we get to come together and, and honestly face-to-face. And for those of us joining online, Merry Christmas. So glad that you are here. Uh, my wife and I, Erin, who is standing over here, uh, we have been up for seven hours already this morning. <laughs> and it was an early morning, and... Uh, and what a, what a joyous time to watch our kids come downstairs. And, uh, man, they got a lot of the things they wanted. Uh, one of the things they wanted most was a, a hoverboard. Have you seen those hoverboard things? They kind of light up, and they just stand on it. It goes everywhere. Uh, last night, as we were uh, contemplating how all of this would work, and early this morning, my wife, Erin, I said, why don't you get on one of those? And she's like, No. And then I pressured her as much as I possibly could. And finally she got on one of those weird... I was holding her hands and listen, it was terrifying. And so for some of you, we'll see at Children's Hospital later. But anyway, but, but we get... But the kids, they open them this morning. They get on their hoverboards. And within one minute, they're zooming around the entire house. Aaron said it could never be done. And it was done. And so hopefully you had a Christmas miracle this morning as well. As we saw in our house. And, and I just, I love this time of Christmas and that we get to share this together this morning. Now, um, I could preach for an hour and a half on Christmas, but I assure you I won't. But I tell you, for just a few minutes, we're going to focus our hearts. I got to thinking about uh, what Zach had mentioned, 11 years until the next Christmas falls on a Sunday morning. My oldest daughter, Avery, who's 10, will be 21 years old, in 11 years, the next time Christmas falls on a Sunday morning. My prayer is she's still at home with no boyfriend in sight. But, but practically, she could be married and I could be a granddad in 11 years. I need a minute. Um, my daughter Chloe will be 19 years old. Graduated high school, hopefully, and on her way to, to her career, her education. Sadie will be preparing To graduate high school, and then it will be a 15-year-old boy ready to get his driver's permit. I will be in my 50s, my wife in her 20s. It's unbelievable how much time (laughs) will pass, how much life will be lived, my father-in-law will be over 70. It's just unbelievable when you think about how much life will pass. But here's the deal. A lot of life is going to happen in 11 years. We're we're going to look different. Life will be different. Some of us, over the next 11 years, will find ourselves celebrating our first Christmas Sunday in heaven with Jesus. I don't know everything that will happen in my life or yours in the next 11 years, but I can promise you this. No matter what comes Jesus makes all the difference in the world and in your world. So love Him. Serve Him. And follow Him. Now, if you're here physically this morning, maybe you're watching online, uh, perhaps this question was brought up at some point this morning, and that was maybe, how long will Pastor Anthony preach on Christmas morning? We have places to go, we've got people to see, when will we get out of here may be the refrain running through your mind. And if you are thinking that, you need Jesus. But here's the deal, you ready? Someone sent me a parody of a famed Christmas song, Let It Snow, and it goes like this. Oh, the sermon is simply frightful and the choir is tired and spiteful. Our hunger is starting to show, let us go, let us go, let us go. Well, he doesn't show signs of stopping, and our eyelids are slowly dropping. Oh, why do you torture us so? Let us go. Let us go. Let us go. When we finally get dismissed, how we love going out in the cold. But since pastor has six more points, when that will be, we don't know. Well, the sermon is dragging longer, and the pastor is preaching stronger. But by now we're not listening, so let us go, let us go, let us go. Listen, I soon will let you go, but in our hurry to get out this morning. Let's not miss why we came in. And why we came in is from Luke chapter 2, what Zach shared with us so well in the refrain of that song. I've got a couple of... Letters to uh, Santa that my kids wrote uh, So in our house we, we believe and we celebrate the spirit that is Santa Claus, Saint Nick Historical figure and, and if you don't like that, save it um, That won't go far with me but we, um, I told him last night before we went to bed Hey why don't you write a letter of thanks You see Santa Claus brings a couple gifts and Mom and dad bring a couple gifts to the Christmas table And and we do a whole lot of celebrating Jesus. And so we got some of these homemade rich crackers with peanut butters. we did. Those pretzel sticks that you, you dip in chocolate and, and some eggnog and some fruit. Set it all out for Santa's reindeer. And I asked the kids to, uh, to write him a letter. And Chloe came on. Did you? I know. I love it. See, everybody threw out stuff for Santa Claus. And, and I asked the kids to write him a letter, and they did. This is Chloe, my 8-year-old. And she, talk, she opened up and said, Dear Santa Claus, here's what I really want for Christmas. Six pages later, we get to know, I mean, she mentioned a couple of things. And, man, Chloe, it looks like he, he did you good. And he said this, she wrote this, You are the best. We left you some cookies and eggnog. We left the reindeer some fruit. Me and my brothers and sisters are so excited for Christmas. And I love what she writes here. But don't forget the one true meaning of Christmas, that the king was born. Man, I love my little eight-year-old preaching to Santa Claus to not forget the meaning of Christmas, that our king is born. I like what she writes after it. Thank you for all the presents. I don't like eggnog, but my sister does and my dad does. Thank you for giving me everything I want. <laughs> love, Chloe. You see, in our rush and all that is Christmas today, Let's not forget and let's not miss why we came in. You see, last week we preached on John's Christmas. The, the singular verse and, and the Gospel of John that really encapsulates all of Christmas. in John 1.14, that the Word who is Jesus became flesh and made His dwelling among us. I love how Charles Spurgeon said it. That great late preacher of old, he said, He that made man was made man. And thus the glory of Christmas, that Jesus, our Emmanuel, which means God with us, lived with us so that he could die for us. He dwelled with us on earth so that we could dwell with him forever in heaven. I know that Jay's here this morning. Just a few weeks ago, Jay's precious wife of decades and decades and decades and decades closed her eyes in death and opened them in heaven. Jay was here last night at Christmas Eve service, and I got to hug his neck, and one of the things that we celebrated just right down here for just a moment was that his precious wife, Nikki, was having the best Christmas she's ever had this year because she is with Jesus. You see, he dwelt with us here on earth so that we could dwell forever in heaven with him. Truly blessed is the season which engages the whole world in a conspiracy of love. I love what Andy Stanley wrote about Emmanuel, about Jesus. And part of what made Jesus so irresistible... And you'll find a home here with Jesus as well. He writes, but it wasn't just Jesus' new message that made him irresistible. It was Jesus himself, he writes. People who were nothing like him, liked him. And Jesus liked people who were nothing like him. Jesus invited unbelieving, misbehaving, troublemaking men and women to follow him to embrace something new. And they accepted his invitation. And just in case you believe that unbelieving, misbehaving, troublemaking men and women, boys and girls, or somebody else, no, that's you and me. But as followers of Jesus, he writes, we should be known as people who like people who are nothing like us when we invite unbelieving, misbehaving troublemakers to join us, they should be intrigued, if not inclined, to accept our invitation. You know why? Because you and I accepted Jesus' invitation as a misbehaving, unbelieving troublemaker. We accepted his invitation to follow him. I heard it said this way, when the song of the angels is still, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes have gone home, when the shepherds are back to their flocks, when the work of Christmas is done, really the work of Christmas begins to find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among brothers, to make music in the heart. You see... When all of the pageantry of this day passes, the real work of Christmas begins. It said of Jesus long ago, long before his birth in Isaiah 61.1, that the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and to release from darkness for those who are prisoners. Church, I want you to hear me. For those whose lives are filled with bad news, Jesus clothed himself in flesh, made his dwelling among us to give to them good news. To the brokenhearted, his heart breaks with you, and he alone is uniquely qualified to bind up that which has been broken. For those who are here, and you find yourself held captive to sin, to selfishness, maybe to situations or circumstances outside of your control. He has come to bring you freedom today. For those whose lives seem plunged in darkness, as Isaiah 9 2 said and saw of Jesus, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Jesus has come. You see, the work Jesus did, clothing himself in flesh, making his dwelling among us, living with us so that he could die for us on a cross and empty the grave is the very work that has saved our souls that makes us family today and makes Christmas worth celebrating. And church, hear me. On this Christmas morning, that work must continue. In you and in me. I'm reminded of a woman by the name of Lottie Moon. Her her name may sound familiar to you. She's a missionary whose namesake is that of the International Mission Board. And this month, millions of people give to international missions in her honor and under her name. She was a highly educated woman, a linguist from Virginia. When she was young, God saved her, and God sent her to the mission fields in China. She never married as her heart was set on missions. And yet, despite her marriage status in an unusual move in that day, a hundred years ago, the International Mission Board commissioned Lottie Moon to go to China as a missionary. Eventually, her funding and support ran dry, So she gave her last dollars and most of the food she had to the needy. By 1912, Lottie Moon was nearly 72 years old. Her health was in very serious decline. Her her physical and her mental health had been broken by overwork and by the pressing needs of the famine-stricken people of Shandong. She herself was malnourished and gave, us, gave almost everything she had to the Chinese people she so loved. She loved the Chinese, and the Chinese people loved her. And here's why they loved her. You ready? Because she became one of them in order to win them to Jesus. She had lived with them and shared the gospel with them for over 40 years. But as she was examined in 1912 by a missionary doctor, he decided that Lottie Moon must return to America to seek immediate health care. For at the time he saw her, she weighed only 50 pounds. Lottie Moon never made it to America. On Christmas Eve, on December 24, 1912, Lottie Moon passed into the presence of her Savior who loved her and whose name she had made known. In her final hours, she sang, Jesus loves me, with a missionary nurse who accompanied her. But Lottie Moon made one final gesture before she went home to Jesus, putting her fist together in the form of a Chinese greeting. She was welcoming in her room before her death an unseen guest Jesus. She died penniless, malnourished, in obscurity, and over a century. Churches like ours have raised money in her name to the tune of over five billion dollars dedicated to foreign missions, sending the gospel to the ends of the earth. And by the way, church, this year we'll be adding thousands on to that total from your generosity and your giving to make sure that Jesus' name is known. When I think of Lottie Moon, I think of someone who learned well from Jesus. And Jesus, who left heaven, clothed himself in flesh, made his dwelling among us, became one of us. Lottie Moon, too, became one of them. She lived with them. And following in the footsteps of her Savior, she died for them. So that they might know Jesus. Here was something she was quoted as saying, The needs of the people press upon my soul, and I cannot be... I cannot be silent. It is grievous to think these human souls going down to death without even one opportunity of hearing the name of Jesus. It's so In closing, church. I don't know what the next 11 years are going to look like for us. I don't know what life will bring. I don't know what it's going to look like for you and for me. The next time on a Christmas Sunday morning, we gather together. But in those 11 years, let the work of Christmas continue and let's work together, working hard to tell our families, our neighbors, our loved ones, from the very, our very neighborhood to the nation. Let us tell them the wonderful news of our Savior, our King. And Lord, let's work to tell them of Jesus. Let us work so that the world will know his name and that many will call upon his name and be saved and experience eternal life. You see, the message and the mission of Christmas, the work of Christmas was told to Joseph by an angel in Matthew 1.21, And she will give birth to a son, speaking of Mary, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sin. You see, that is the celebration of Christmas. But that is also today. The calling, the command, and the commissioning of every believer in this room that we celebrate Jesus by making him known, by taking him to our families and across the street and across the world. That is the work of Christmas that must continue in you and in me. Let's pray together, can we? So, Father, as we close today, just uh, What a sweet moment to be here today to worship you and to, as a family, gather around to sing your praises, to to hear your word preached. God, thank you for that great honor. And I want to pray this, that today brings you honor and glory. And that maybe, just maybe, believers in the room would accept your command and your commissioning. And so, Father, would you move? And I'm going to be honest, if you're here today and you're a believer in Christ, amidst all the celebrations that today has held and will continue to hold, lies within it the command and the commissioning of Christ to go tell people about Jesus, to invite people to follow Jesus. And so, if you're a believer here today, maybe just whisper from your heart just for a moment, Father, I want to follow your command and I'm ready to go. Going doesn't always mean across the world, but maybe across the room, across the road, the street, and yes, even to the ends of the earth. And so, maybe believer on this Christmas Sunday, Commit anew to the command and the commissioning of Christ to go. To share and be the gospel. To a lost and dying world. As believers are praying. And listen, I know most of your stories. I know most of you. But I can't leave without giving someone the chance to give their life to Jesus. Ten people yesterday across our two Christmas Eve services. In frigid cold temperatures gave their heart and their life to Jesus. Do you need to do that today? Have you ever placed your faith and trust in Him? If not, you could do that today. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date on our services. If you'd like to give to support our ministry, you can do that at our website. That's connectchurchpf.com. Hope you enjoyed and have a great week.